Hello friends, fans, and family. This is Chris Manganelli with Tactical Cinematic Development, also known as TCD. For more information, hit us up on Gmail at tacticalcinematicdevelopment at gmail.com. You could also hit us up on Instagram at TCD underscore action. And for a cool martial arts move, you can learn in a minute or less. That's pit underscore fight, P-I-T underscore fight. So today, we're going to be delving into the subject of choreography for a scene that mimics two inexperienced people versus two people that are experienced, right? Like fighters. Their character are fighters versus street fighters. And also, the comparison here is, in reality, which is more dangerous to deal with? a street fighter or a less experienced fighter or a trained fighter all right so let's start out with cinema of the choreography that i have done i find that by and large even though it may seem counterintuitive to counterintuitive to some it is more difficult to choreograph a street fight or a fight between two people that are generally inexperienced versus a fight between two martial artists that could be very very complicated and intricate now granted the fight between the uh, martial artists or the people that are um, classically trained or, or trained in some sort of combat sport um, might have a lot more com complexity to it when it comes to choreographing a scene between two people that are not experienced it becomes a little more challenging why because it's with people that are inexperienced all right by and large you got to go step by step move by move and the training takes forever especially when the scene involves weapons of opportunity uh, an environment that is full of all kinds of obstacles and all kinds of potential hazards and so on add to that the possibility that one of them may have to take a couple of falls and so on um, and it gets very very dangerous now when it comes to a trained martial artist they have a sense of timing a sense of distance a sense of depth uh, and also a sense of power which people that are amateurs or novices or people with very little experience have not yet developed and in many cases to have that type of um, type of restraint so to speak it may take years to train that um, when you look at people in the industry such as your Tony Jaws and your John Claude Van Dams of the world or, or just any you know any martial artist you know worth his salt uh, that has done it for a while you'll know right away that um, they have a tremendous amount of control in fact my instructor my karate instructor told me a long time ago when I was barely a yellow belt he says well he actually raised this question to me he told me Chris let me ask you a question what do you think distinguishes a black belt from a regular colored belt or a Q belt and I said well essentially is their knowledge their speed their power you know their technique and I thought that, you know, this was an easy question to answer, you know, and he told me, you are absolutely positively wrong. He says, what distinguishes them is control. And I'm like, control, what do you mean by control? He says, yeah, they can throw a punch or a kick or whatever, full force and pull it back just like that. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, so, so, so you mean the control? He's like, yeah, let me show you. And he literally threw a punch at me. I could hear his gi pop after the punch and it stopped just millimeters from my nose. 
and I felt the air from it. I mean, he'd been a black belt instructor since 1977, God rest his soul. Um, so right there and then, I, you know, I knew that, okay, I still have a lot to learn. So, anywho, that's what I'm talking about with regards to which is more hazardous and sometimes more difficult to choreograph. Now, one that comes to mind, for instance, is that scene in the movie Players Club where um, I think Diamond and the, and the other one, I can't remember her name, um, you know, get into it in, in the uh, dressing room and they're pulling hair, they're throwing, but they're doing all kinds of stuff. And I'll tell you what, I can only imagine the type of work that went into that scene. But to me, out of all the scenes that I have seen, all the fight scenes, all the choreography I've seen, that for me is, you know, ranks amongst the most memorable ones. All right. So now let's move over to reality. Okay. In reality, even though a skilled, experienced, seasoned fighter will tell you that a skilled, experienced, seasoned fighter is most dangerous, the truth of the matter is, for me, on a personal level and also on an experienced level, the more dangerous fighter is the street fighter, the less experienced fighter. Because the seasoned fighter sometimes will fall back on the laurels of what they train. And here's what I mean. If you have a person that's, let's say, I don't know, a karate fighter. Let's say a karate, black belt. All right? Well, oftentimes, black belts, when they're throwing their punches, they'll pull their punches. Believe it or not, they'll pull their punches. They're not going to hit you full force. Because remember, in karate, they don't necessarily uh, use the same type of gloves as in boxing. They certainly don't wrap their hands. So the level of force used is, necess that is, is different. The other thing is, is, again, it's all about that control. But when you train using too much control, it becomes a habit. Street fighters don't have that issue. They're swinging for the fences. They're using whatever they can find. And their tactics are always, always dirty. And when they see that they're losing and the panic sets in, they're going to seek to try to use whatever they can to hurt you bad enough so that you won't be able to continue, even if it means running the risk of killing you. Um, the other thing to consider, let's say another system like jujitsu. Now, jujitsu, particularly Brazilian jujitsu, is extremely effective in a one-on-one -on -one situation. It's extremely effective in a lot of situations, and I highly, highly recommend it. However, where it tends to fall short is that in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, if you get into that mindset where um, you ignore all the possibilities of there being you know, weapons involved and all the other possibilities of weapons of opportunity or even multiple attackers coming out of the woodwork, then you're going to be in for a rude awakening. You know, there's this one video that I saw of a jiu-jitsu guy, and I might have mentioned it before in one of my previous segments, where he took on this dude. He was a street dude. The dude had no shirt on, mind you. He had no shirt on, and he did the garden variety jiu-jitsu takedown, put him in armbar position, and proceeded to execute the armbar, right? It looked great. I mean, his technique was decent, and it looked great, but out of nowhere, this guy pulls out a knife with his free hand and his free arm and begins to stab up the jujitsu guy. And that was the end of the video. I don't know if the guy survived. I don't know what happened. But these are the things you have to consider when dealing 
with street fighters, all right? They have no specific technique, they have no specific style, and they're, predi- they're predictable in that they are unpredictable. So if you are a trained fighter, it's great that you know how to box, it's great that you know how to kickbox and do Muay Thai and stuff like that, but remember, Muay Thai um, has rules. Jiu-Jitsu, you know, especially when you do it for sport, when you go to Naga, uh, Abu Dhabi, stuff like that, has rules. Karate has rules. Boxing has rules. The streets have no rules. Now, does that mean that a street fighter is superior uh, in knowledge, technique, skill, power, etc., to a person that's been trained? Nope, not at all. Not at all. I mean, in a street fight, I put the money on myself. Having been a person that's trained for, for, for decades, I put my money on the trained person. However, you cannot take away that variable of what that street person is willing to do, of the depths that they're willing to sink to, to achieve their end and their goal. Um, and it's not to say that a trained fighter won't be able to make that transition, but if you are conditioned and you do something the same way over and over, it becomes a habit. And then breaking that habit all of a sudden is not as simple as it might seem. Meanwhile, the street fighter, he doesn't necessarily have any any other habits than doing whatever it takes. So that was pretty much my spiel on, um, you know, uh, the difficulties in uh, choreographing a uh, non-experienced uh, uh, fighter type scene or street scene versus a more intricate and um, trained fighter scene. And, uh, and also my spiel on, you know, which presents the, mo- the most dangers, a street fighter uh, that is, you know, not trained or relatively trained or a trained person. The other thing about a trained person are the legal ramifications also. Remember, in this country, if you are trained, and I mean extremely trained, it's not to say that you are, you know, you have to register your hands as a deadly weapon. That's a myth. That's a lie. Someone made that shit up. However, when you go to a court of law and they find out you have advanced level training and you just jack somebody up, they're going to throw the book at you versus a street fighter who, for all intensive purposes, doesn't know anything. He was doing what he had to do uh, and you got hurt. Okay, so that was basically it. So remember, let me leave you with this. Let God and let go. Stay grinding, my friends. Stay grinding.